This is the Public News Service Daily Newscast, March 18, 2022. I'm Roz Brown. Mortgage rates ticked up again. The first American was confirmed killed in Ukraine, and the House of Representatives passed a bill to strip Russia of most favored nation trading status. Former President Trump's chief of staff, Mark Meadows, is under investigation for alleged voting fraud in North Carolina. And Ohio's Supreme Court once again rejected the redistricting maps drawn by a Republican-dominated commission. They may have to postpone their primaries. Some of Missouri's state maps are still up in the air, despite a candidate filing deadline just a week and a half away. Lily Bolke explains. The new state house maps were filed with the Secretary of State in January, and state Senate maps have been proposed by the Judicial Commission charged with drawing them after the Politician Commission deadlocked. The congressional map is held up in the legislature. Election supervisor in Cape Girardeau County, Alan Seabaugh, says it's important to get those maps done so anyone who's interested in running for office knows what district they live in. It's also important because we want to get changes made to our voter registration system so that all voters are assigned to the correct districts. Missouri is one of just a handful of states that have not yet passed the congressional map. In Michigan, the Adolescent Redemption Project is asking Governor Gretchen Whitmer to release the father of Breonna Taylor, killed by police in her home after a no-knock warrant in Louisville, Kentucky, two years ago this week. Everett Taylor was incarcerated at age 21. Josh Puckett with the Adolescent Redemption Project, himself incarcerated at age 18, and now writing for Yes Media, was able to arrange an interview with Mr. Taylor. Back then, when I was younger, I wasn't really a responsible type dude, man. Even though I thought I was, but but I wasn't. I was uh, living a certain type of life when I was young, and certain things just come with it, man. Either locked up or dead. Imprisoned for 23 years now, Taylor was sentenced to at least 45 years after a friend killed someone trying to rob them. Taylor had drugs and a firearm in his possession. Taylor says the judge had no other choice because of the mandatory sentencing law. It shouldn't be no mandatory minimum. Let the sentences fit the crime, so to speak. You just can't put everybody under one thing right here because it's different circumstances and different situations just all the way around the board. Studies have shown mandatory sentencing laws drive racial disparities in incarceration. The Adolescent Redemption Project advocates for giving judges discretion in sentencing so they can take such factors as childhood trauma and economic distress into account. In Congress, a new bipartisan measure aims to help heal the country's divide. Eric Tegetoff has more. Washington State Representative Derek Kilmer of Gig Harbor has introduced the Building Civic Bridges Act alongside eight other Democrats and nine Republicans. This is PNS. In health news, experts are calling on the FCC to consider recent studies that link fertility problems to radiofrequency radiation from cell phones and other wireless devices. Suzanne Potter has this update. The Environmental Health Trust just placed five additional studies onto the FCC docket, research that found that wireless radiation can impact the ovaries and reduce testosterone. The Trust's president, Dr. Deborah Davis, says RF radiation can also lead to sperm that are deformed and have trouble swimming. There is a substantial body of evidence that provides compelling proof that current levels of cell phone radiation can damage the quantity and quality of human sperm. A children's shelter in Texas is reopening after an investigation by Texas Rangers reported not enough evidence to support charges of abuse. 
An estimated 79,000 young people are victims of sex trafficking in Texas alone. Epiphany Lachey has the latest. The Refuge, a nonprofit shelter, was created to help girls ages 11 to 17 who have been victims of sex trafficking. Missy Davison with the Children's Advocacy Center in Texarkana explains this type of crime is often well hidden, in part because the children involved don't self identify as victims. They're not going to tell what's happening. Either they're too scared or they're too caught up in it, and it's become their way of life. So sometimes they don't even recognize it as something bad. It's how they're making money, it's how they're living. According to Davison, young people who've been trafficked are sometimes viewed with suspicion in the legal system, as they may have had drug problems or troubled home lives that meant other brushes with the law. The Texas Rangers found some evidence of nude photos being taken, but the employee involved was fired. Shelter managers said they are deeply relieved about the findings. The last two years have been devastating for children during the pandemic, dealing with isolation along with losing loved ones. Advocates gathered in Maryland this week to learn how to help more. Emily Scott reports. The National Alliance for Children's Grief hosted its Baltimore Regional Conference at Roberta's House, a family grief support center. Dr. Mickey Burns is a licensed psychologist who focuses on childhood bereavement. She says there's been a large increase in overdose deaths and homicides from gun violence since 2020, on top of people losing family to COVID 19. And these types of death losses really concentrated in some of these urban areas or areas that have more families of color who are having to contend with the ongoing systemic. Racism, all of those other obstacles that our society has created for them. One in 12 children in Maryland will experience the death of a parent or sibling by age 18, according to the Childhood Bereavement Estimation Model. This is Roz Brown for Public News Service. Find our trust indicators at publicnewsservice.org.